Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. If you already know that we are going to be all right, we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks. But if you're somebody who already knows we're going to be all right, I'd like to identify those people who can agree and touch with me in faith and declare with authority that we are going to be all right. I'm trying to identify you. Don't put your hands down. I want to see you. Who knows that we are going to be all right? The people who can say we're going to be all right and speak it not as not because of what you see, but because of what you know know not because of what you see but because of what you know you know that we are going to be all right and if you don't know whether you know it I'm looking specifically for the people who believe God when he says cast your cares on me for I care for you that's how you know we're going to be all right I'm looking for the believers who know that his grace is sufficient for you and that's how you know we're going to be all right I'm looking for those who believe that God is able to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory and that's how you know we're going to be all right. I'm looking for the believers who know that all things I'm about to say, work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I'm looking for you if you know that everything is going to be all right. Ah. The old saints, Caesar, they called it blessed assurance. <laughs> oh. Okay. Stop. We don't we don't got that much time. All right. All right. Uh, so I want to know and I needed to know who was here and I needed to know who you were because y'all are who I'm talking to right now in this moment. Because I need you to understand that as long as you know we're going to be all right and you know we're going to be all right as long as we have faith in God. God has made it abundantly clear that we can trust him to take care of us. We can trust him to provide for us. We can trust him and make to make sure that we are all right as long as we have faith in him. And I would really, really like to know who I'm talking to because right now for those who said they know we're going to be all right, I'm asking you to take your faith a little further in this moment. So watch this. We said we're going to be all right. And when we hear all right, we immediately think of the word all right, right? A compound word. A-L-R-I-G-H-T. But I declare that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above so that when we say we're going to be all right, God is able to make us all right. I'm talking about all, A-L-L, right, R-I-G-H-T. So when we say everything is going to be all right, come here, P.J. Morton, everything will be, everything's going to be all right. And so when I believe God, not just to make everything all right, because when we hear the word all right, we begin to think think that God is going to make things just well enough for us to be able to get by. God is going to make us just happy enough to be satisfied. God is going to give us just enough so that we don't have to complain. But I believe we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly. I said he is able to do exceedingly. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So when I'm saying we're going to be all right, I don't want you to think we're going to be all right. I want you to think every Everything is going to be all right. All of your finances are going to be right. All of your marriages are going to be right. All of your households are going to be right. All of your, uh, uh, your, your job and your schooling is going to be right. Everything 
Everything is going to be all right. God, we serve a God who is able, we're able to give him everything that we have and he's able to return it to us without spot, without blemish, without a mark. And so he's able to make everything, not just all right, but he's able to make all of it right. That's what I believe. And so if you have that kind of faith, I need you to agree with me right now because that's how we're going to get through this message. Because I believe that this man who we just read about, this blind man, had that kind of all right faith. He had the kind of faith in God that we know everything is going to be all right as long as we have faith. And I know he had all right faith because what we see is he had an active faith. <sighs> okay. I'm going to take my time. He had an active faith. And so what does that mean? That means he had a faith that motivated him not to just sit back and rely on God, but he had a faith that motivated him and pushed him to chase those things that God had for him. He had a faith that made him get off of his feet and pursue the things of God. And so just for a little while, I want to talk about I'm in pursuit. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in pursuit. I'm in pursuit and I believe that this is a very important scripture because I think that this scripture gives us a perfect example of how we can put that faith in God, that faith that tells us everything that is going to be all right and we're able to put it in action. This scripture demonstrates a faith that is intentional and strategic uh, in pursuing the things from God, that which we need and desire. And so if you give me just a little bit of time, I want to show you what this blind man did and how he was able to navigate his pursuit. Because if you see what he did, you'll be able to apply it to your own life. And so I'm really just going to walk through some, of, walk through these few verses that I uh, had on the screen and then we'll go home. Amen. All right. And so let's start at the 35th verse. Verses 35 through 37. The Bible says, Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging, he being Jesus. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. So what's going on here? Jesus is coming near Jericho. The Bible doesn't tell us whether he was entering or exiting the city, but we know he was coming near. And in coming near, we know he was on the margins of the city. I said he was on the margins of the city. And it was at the margins of the city, it was where he met this blind man. And he, the blind man was on the margins of the city because the people who lived in the city deemed him unworthy to live among them because of his disability. Jason, if I wanted to talk about this, I could talk about how Jesus meets those who are on the margins. If I wanted to spend some time there, I could talk about how Jesus is near to those who have been systemically oppressed. If I wanted to, Uriah, I could talk about how Jesus has favor on those who have been historically underrepresented. But I won't talk about all that right now. But I'll simply tell you, Jesus is near to those who have been marginalized. So next time you find yourself, whether systemically or individually, marginalizing someone, I want you to recognize not only can you not curse what God has blessed, but you are only drawing them nearer to what Jesus has for them. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But the Bible says, Jesus was drawing near Jericho and that's where he met this blind man this blind man was blind and he was poor how do I know he was poor because he was begging so he was sitting there begging and he was waiting he's blind so he cannot see so how does he beg he sits there with, without being able to see and he waits till he can hear people coming by and when he hears people walking by, he then takes advantage of what he has and says, I hear somebody coming by, so let me beg so they can see that I'm in need. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I need y'all to talk back to me. And so Mario is, is, a, is a Baptocostal apostolic preacher. I am, I'm, I'm straight Baptist, and so this is a dialogue. I need y'all to talk to me and amen, hallelujah, amen. Thank you. you don't got a mic. I got the mic. However, I can still hear you. So does that make sense? Okay, and so I, and I needed to make sense because I want you to leave here not feel not just feeling good, but I want you to leave here with something. And so he says the Bible says he's blind, and so he sits and he can't see, and so he's waiting. And but what he does is he waits till he hears someone passing by, and when he hears them passing by, he says, "May I have some alms, or may I have some money? May I have something because I'm blind and I'm poor?" And so. What happens in this particular moment, however, is while he's sitting there begging, as he usually does, he not only hears people passing by, but he hears a multitude passing by. He hears a lot of commotion. He hears a lot of, a lot of things going on. And so when he hears this, he asks what it means. And in asking what it means, someone tells him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And in learning that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, he begins his pursuit because he knows that this is Jesus of Nazareth who has been healing people all throughout the region. This is the Jesus of Nazareth who raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. So surely this is the Jesus of Nazareth who is the Messiah who was to come. And so surely he's able to do for me what I need. And so once he learns that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by and he learns this how because he heard a multitude passing by and he asked. And so the first thing I want you to know is that when you're in pursuit of what you need, you better use what you have. He couldn't see Jesus passing by, and he couldn't see the commotion, but what he did have was his hearing, and what he did have was his speech. And so in hearing the multitude and using his speech, he learned that what he needed was in the vicinity. And so if there's anybody in here who needs to know what it is that you're in need of, it could be on the way, but you need to use what God has already given you to prepare for what's to come. Danielle thinks it's so funny because she's from the city. She thinks it's so funny. We'll be out somewhere and I'll say, oh, it's about to rain. And she's like, what? I said, you don't smell that? And without a cloud being in sight, without a drop of rain falling from the ground, Pastor G's shaking his head, he know. And so I can still tell using what I have that rain is on the way. And so because I use what I have and I know even though I can't see it coming and I know I still know it's on the way. And so what I dare you to do, brothers and sisters, is using what you have, using what you have, prepare for what God has already told you is on the way. So if you're and what do you have? You have the word of God. So if you're pursuing peace, you better use the word of God because the Bible says, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And so if you're pursuing joy, you use the word of God because the Bible says that these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. And if you're pursuing wellness, you better use the word of God because the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made and wonderful are his works and so because you have the word and you know what you're in pursuit of use what you have while you're in pursuit of what you need all right does that make sense okay and so we know he did that and so because he used what he had he began his pursuit and then the very next verse verse 38 says and he cried out saying jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. Y'all may have to help me because this part makes me real happy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
This verse is important because in it, this blind man demonstrates for us three things that we need to do. Three things that we need to do while we are in pursuit. And he does so simply in this one phrase. Whew, help me, Jesus. It's quiet in this church, but that's all right. But see, let me tell you something. Ricky Dillard said it like this. I didn't come here expecting to have a good time. I brought my good time with me in case y'all wasn't having one when I got here. And so I'm not worried about how funny y'all look at me. I'm not worried about how quiet y'all sit. However, I want you to know that this, this is a good word. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. I really am. And so the Bible says, and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so what this blind man did in those three, in that, in that phrase, he did three things. And the first thing he did was he said, Jesus. And when he said Jesus, he acknowledged his deity. And acknowledging his deity, put that on the screen for me, please. And acknowledging his deity, he acknowledged Jesus' divinity. He acknowledged him as God. He acknowledged him as having the name that which is above every other name, the name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess as Lord. So in saying Jesus, he acknowledged his deity, right? And then watch this. Listen, he said, Jesus, son of David. In saying son of David, he acknowledged his majesty. He acknowledged his majesty because it's calling him son of David. He is acknowledging the royal lineage from which Jesus descended. He acknowledged the prophets of old who said, this is the line from which our Messiah shall come. So not only did he acknowledge him as my God, but he says son of David. So he acknowledged him as my king. Oh God, I wish I could help somebody. And then finally, he said, Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. And in saying have mercy on me, he acknowledges his sovereignty. And so in saying have mercy on me, he's acknowledging the sovereignty of Jesus in this moment. And so what does sovereignty mean? Sovereignty means the supreme power and authority. And so in saying have mercy on me, he acknowledges the fact that there is no one else in the world who has the power to do what he needs Jesus to do in this moment. And so next time you find yourself in an event where you need to pursue something from God, I want you to look at these three things and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But you may not come out like that, but simply it means my God and my king have mercy on me. And you may not need your king at that moment, so you may have to say, my God and my healer have mercy on me. My God and my deliverer have mercy on me. My God and my provider have mercy on me. My God and my protector have mercy on me. My God and my refuge have mercy on me. And so sometimes Hallelujah. <laughs> That's good. That is good. I don't care what you say, Caesar. That's good. And so I'm telling you, my God and my king, have mercy on me. And I think it's interesting, right, that he said, have mercy on me. This is his initial call to Jesus. This is the first thing he says when trying to get Jesus' attention. So why did his mind not immediately say, Jesus, son of David, give me my sight? Jesus, son of David, give me some money because I'm poor and I'm begging. But what he said was, Jesus, have mercy on me. He asked for mercy because, again, acknowledging his sovereignty, all we deserve is death. So we had to say, God, first, before I ask you for anything, I need to make sure you don't give me what it is that I do deserve. So Jesus, son of David, please spare me. There's humility. In this praise, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so when you're in pursuit, 
You have to acknowledge his person, acknowledge his position, acknowledge his power, and he will acknowledge your petition. Mother said it's good. I don't have to hear nothing else the rest of y'all say. When you're in pursuit, acknowledge his person, acknowledge his position, and acknowledge his power, and he will acknowledge your petition. It's very simple, and it's something we can remember when we leave here again. My goal is to get you something. You don't got to shout with me, but I want you to be able to shout while you're in pursuit and remember these things. So he says, Jesus, he cries out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then the Bible says in verse 39, then those who went before warned him nervy they warned him that he should be quiet but the bible says he cried out all the more son of david have mercy on me Whew, okay the ones who told him that jesus was there were the same ones who wanted him to be quiet and so these happened to be the people who had been following Jesus from the city. These are people who were coming from the center and coming to the margins. And so there are people, there are people who are maybe in the center. There are people who society has deemed to be okay, who has deemed to be better. But now they want to come to the margins and tell those on the margins not to get what they need. But they're fine with you knowing what you need is there, but they don't want you to get what you need. They don't care if you get celebrate Juneteenth. However, we don't need you talking about no voting rights act. We don't need you talking about none of this other stuff. And so let me stop. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to show you is that the people were the very same people who were okay with letting him know that Jesus was passing by were the very people who told him he should be quiet when crying out to Jesus. And so he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what I love about this verse is that it doesn't say after they told him to be quiet, not that it doesn't say he kept crying out, but the Bible says he cried out all the more. So that means he stopped, not only did he keep going, he started crying louder and wilder saying son of David have mercy on me son of David have mercy on me son of David have mercy on me and I know that's uncomfortable for some people to know that when people tell you to be quiet you continue to cry out all the more because some people want to avoid conflict some people are even want to prioritize how other people perceive them over their own pursuit but I want you to know today that you can't do that if you're going to be in pursuit somebody say I'm in pursuit so if you're in pursuit, you have to be tenacious enough to holler until he hears you. Oh, I wish I had a church. Who you ha who is, is there anybody in here who knows that regardless of what the enemy sends, regardless of what people say, regardless of how even you feel, you are going to be tenacious enough. You are going to be persistent enough. You are going to be consistent enough to be encouraged in yourself and know that as long as I see Jesus in front of me, I have to keep pursuing him. And so I'm going to holler until he hears Let's go through this. I'm a teacher. When you're in pursuit of what you need, you better use what you have. When you're in pursuit, you need to acknowledge his person, his position, and his power. He'll acknowledge your petition. When you're in pursuit, you have to be tenacious enough to holler till he hears you. And then in verse 40, because he was so tenacious, because he was so persistent, because he insisted on hollering until Jesus heard him, the Bible says in verse 40, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. 
And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. I don't know if that blessed anybody else, but this man who has been blind said, Lord, all I want is to receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. This moment is important because from the time he heard the multitude passing by to now, there were so many things he could have asked for when Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He could have said, Lord, all I want for you to do is to give me a little money so I can go get something to eat. All I want for you to do is to smite these people who told me to be quiet as I was trying to pursue you. All I want for you to do is to set me up so I never have to add, beg for anything else in my life. However, what he did was keep his faith focused on what his need was. And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. So when you're in pursuit, keep your faith focused. You have to keep your faith focused on that which it is you were initially calling for. And it may not always be the enemy coming trying to distract you from what it is your faith is supposed to be focused on. Sometimes you'll be focused in your pursuit and in your pursuit another opportunity will come available. But that's not what you were pursuing. And so don't get distracted and don't get detained. Just focus on what it is you were pursuing initially. Somebody say keep your faith focused. Keep your faith focused. When people are trying you and when systems are trying you and institutions are trying you, you have to maintain a, fo a focused faith. And finally, I'm done. I promise I'm done. When you're in pursuit, you have to keep your faith focused. And in keeping your faith focused, God is able to move. God is able to do what he needs to do. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. It was your faith that made you well. And so what you don't want to do is distract your faith off of, what it, off of your wellness. Mm, oh, God, that's good. You don't want your faith to get distracted because you can hinder your own self from being well. Verse 43 says and immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God now notice what he did after he achieved what it is he pursued what did he do the Bible says he received his sight immediately and followed him glorifying God he immediately began to follow and glorify God he didn't ask any questions about where Jesus was going he didn't ask who all was gonna be there he didn't ask what time are we leaving he immediately got up he didn't go back to where he was he didn't go back to begging he didn't go back to the margins but he used what he had and immediately began to follow and glorify God and so it's important and not only did he do that but it shows us that after he began to get after he got what he pursued and he began following God and he began glorifying God and the Bible says all the people when they saw it gave praise to God so when you're in pursuit give God the glory If you don't get nothing else from this message, I need you to know that while you're in pursuit, it is your responsibility. It is your mandate that while you are pursuing, it is your charge to give God the glory. I don't care how long it takes. You have to give God the glory. I don't care how hard it gets. You have to give God the glory. I don't care how much it hurts. You have to give God the glory. I don't care where it, you're up or you're down. You have to give God the glory. Because 
because when you give God the glory, God is able to take those around you, those who saw you pursuing, those who even tried to shush you in the midst of your pursuit and say, we are going to praise God for what he did for you. I don't know about anybody in here, but I get excited when I see God blessing other people. I get excited because I know God is in the vicinity. When I see God moving in the midst, I get excited. And so it is your responsibility, church, if you don't do anything else, is to give God the glory in the midst of your pursuit. Give God the glory in the midst of your pursuit. And there may be somebody in here who doesn't know what they need to pursue. If you're not pursuing something, you need to pursue God. And in pursuing God, you need to give him the glory. I wish I had a church to give God the glory even right now, even in this service, even on this live stream. I need you to understand that it is our responsibility to give God the glory because we're not pursuing things solely for our own benefit, but we're pursuing things so that God gets the glory. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help me help. I'm trying to help you and see that it is God. It is God who needs the glory because some people will pursue things so that they get the glory. Some people will pursue things so that their fraternity or sorority gets the glory. Some people will pursue things so their career is glorified. Some people will pursue things so their denomination is glorified. Some people will pursue things so their body is glorified. Some people will pursue things so their mind is glorified. Some people will pursue things. Hey, but I need you to know that it's God who deserves the glory. It's God who deserves the glory for keeping you. It's God who deserves the glory for healing you. It's God who deserves the glory for delivering you. It's God who deserves the glory for bringing you through. It's God who deserves the glory for lifting you up. It's God who deserves the glory for bringing you out. It's God who deserves the glory for making a way. It's God who deserves the glory. My Savior. And so... Uh, and so I need to know right now I'm done preaching I need to know right now is there anybody who's in pursuit I need to know is there anybody who's in pursuit don't fool me don't fool me is there anybody who's in pursuit I can hear you. Is there anybody who is in pursuit right now? If you're in pursuit of a fulfilling career, if you're in pursuit of another degree, if you're in pursuit of spiritual formation, if you're in pursuit of a loving marriage, if you're in pursuit of a whole home, I need to know is there anybody in pursuit because I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to give us a moment right now. I want to give us a moment right now because what would you do if you were in pursuit? And I told you that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Y'all wasn't listening. I said, what would you do if I said Jesus of Nazareth is passing by? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My God and my king, have mercy on me. My God and my deliverer, have mercy on me. My God and my restorer, have mercy on me. My God and my king, have mercy on me. My God and my breakthrough, have mercy on me. My God and my rock, have mercy on me. My God and my shield, have mercy on me. My God 
and my peace have mercy on me my God and my joy have mercy on me Jesus son of David have mercy on me have mercy on me have mercy on me before I ask you for anything I need to ask you not to give me what I deserve have mercy on me have mercy on me I wish I had a church who was really in pursuit of some things I wish I had a church full of people who really wanted something from God I wish I had a church full of people who could touch and agree and say Jesus son of David have mercy on me and when you finally get his attention even before that you might have somebody walk by you and tell you to sit down what if they told you to shut up what if they warned you to be quiet what would you then do What y'all don't know is this is a test to see if you were paying attention. If you were Jesus of Nazareth is passing by and you said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And somebody came up to you and told you you need to be quiet. The enemy's in your ear right now telling you to sit there and be still. The enemy's in your ear right now telling you to sit there and don't say nothing about what I'm doing in your house. Don't you say nothing about what I'm doing in your family. Don't you say nothing about what I'm doing in your body. You better sit down and shut up. But what if I told you that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by and you need his attention maybe I need you to cry out all the more Jesus son of David have mercy on me don't stop holler till he hears you holler till he hears you holler till he hears you give him something to holler to holler till he hears you holler till he hears you holler 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 till he hears you holler till he hears you holler till he hears you I said holler till he hears you Woo. and so and so you sitting there you hollering you holler and son of David have mercy have mercy have mercy have mercy have mercy until finally you get his attention and Jesus says what do you want me to do for you what is it that you need from me because you've acknowledged my deity and you've acknowledged my majesty and you've acknowledged my sovereignty and so you got my attention please tell me gee what is it that you need from me tell me Caesar what is it that you need from me and you say Lord that I may receive that which is mine that I may receive that which is mine I don't want nothing you got for nobody else I don't want nothing you got for PJ I don't want nothing you even got for my wife but God and I got your attention I want you to give me what is mine I want you to give me that which I need God I ask right now well I got your attention that you help me to receive that which I need to be well. I'm trying to give y'all a moment to ask of God. What have God said right now? God is asking right now in this moment, in this service, what do you want me to do for you? Y'all don't need nothing from God. <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? That I may receive that which is mine, that which you have for me. 
And so Jesus said, as long as you keep your faith focused on what it is I told you to pursue. Don't get distracted by other opportunities. Don't get distracted by the wiles of the enemy. But I want you to keep your faith focused on what it is that I told you to focus on. Keep your faith focused. Keep your faith focused. Keep your faith focused. Keep your faith focused on your freedom. Keep your faith focused on your deliverance. Keep your faith focused on your peace. Keep your faith focused on this new job. Keep your faith focused on this degree. I wish I was helping somebody. Keep your faith focused on what it is I told you to focus on. And as long as you keep your faith focused, all you need from me is to let you know that your faith has made you well. And so, bring it, bring it up a little bit, because I, because I, I need, I want to shout, because, because finally, now that we've, now that we've gotten what we need, I see, we've gotten what we need, and the Bible says he immediately received what was his. I don't know about anybody in here, but I try to stay in a posture to receive. I try to stay in a posture to receive, so that when I receive from the Lord, I can immediately follow him and give God the glory. Is there anybody in here who has received of the Lord? If you have received of the Lord, it is your responsibility to give God the glory. And if you haven't received, raise your hand if you received of the Lord. Raise your hand if you received of the Lord. And so those who don't have their hands up, you still need to praise God. Because the Bible says when all the people saw what God had did, all the people began to praise God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he was able to give the blind man what he needed, if he was able to give the blind man what he wanted, he's able... He's able, church. He's able to do the same thing for you. God bless you. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.